Hello everyone, my name is Rochelle Innocent and I'm the founder and CEO of Project Purpose. Welcome to our channel. Our community is focused on fostering the intellectual and character development in children. We do this through our parent-child workshops that focus on four themes, autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept in order to cultivate grit, perseverance, and resilience in each child. We offer these workshops in one of the first of its kind, digital, continuous, and virtual learning environments to enable children and parents to connect all around the globe. At Project Purpose, our overarching mandate is to renew and rebuild family, community, and relationships. Our different social media platforms provide us with an opportunity to have discussions on all topics that relate to family, community, and relationships with ourselves as well as with others, with a primary focus on mental health and education. More precisely, the ways that the institutions of mental health and education play a role and have played a role in our societies at large. These discussions and debates provide us with an opportunity to think critically about what needs to change within these structures in order for us to live up to our bold slogan, support, protect, and empower each child through youth-focused development, better known as leadership in juvenescence. We recognize that in valuing our children's leadership potential, this also translates as recreating and co-creating environments that will enable our children to thrive. For those of you who are particularly keen on the topic, we do write thought pieces every other Sunday and we have one scheduled to drop this upcoming Sunday. So definitely be sure to meander over to the website and check out the content that we have posted there. As an alternative option, we are also available on 10 different podcasts platforms. So if it is the case that you're out and about and running errands, definitely be sure to take us with you and listen at your leisure. Now, as is the convention, definitely be sure to subscribe. Hit that post notification bell so that you are aware of every time we post. And of course, if you like these conversations and you want to keep them going, like, comment, and share this segment. Let's get into it. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to another segment here on Project Purpose. For those of you who are new, we cover topics that relate to mental health, mental wellness, and education on a week-by-week basis, and this week our topic of discussion is mental wellness. Now before jumping into today's topic, a few housekeeping items, I would be remiss if I didn't let you know that from now until the foreseeable future, we will be going live on an ongoing basis at least twice a month to have thoughtful discussions and debates, lively debates where we're actually interacting and engaging with one another on our Facebook page. So definitely be sure to check out our Facebook page, follow and leave a like. The topic of discussion for this month is acceptance so we will be providing the link for you to register down below in the description box now these are paid events and if it is the case that you see yourself joining in and participating in our community on an ongoing basis then might I suggest our package plan so over and above these live events what we have planned for you are workshops and webinars to continue the conversation on how we take these concepts and these ideas and we bring them to life in our lives creating meaning 
meaning and fulfillment, all the while building community around shared ideals and a shared objective to enable one another and hold each other accountable to deriving the most amount of meaning that we can in our lives. We do have a bird's eye view of the calendar for the remainder of 2021, and we plan on dropping the calendar for 2022 in December. If you do want more information, definitely be sure to check out the website and see if what it is that we're offering aligns with your interests. Now that that is taken care of and on your radar, let's jump into today's topic. And I think that this is the appropriate time for us to have a conversation around the change of seasons, which also brings about a change of moods. And when we think about our mental wellness, our wellness is definitely connected to the season, is connected to the atmosphere that we're in. And if you are in a seasonal country, such as us in North America, then you're also subject to the changes of these seasons. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how we cope with the change of seasons and also put on your radar some of what happens when we have the change in light and how much light that we're receiving on a day-to-day -day basis. It can create a neurophysiological response of neurobiological response within us, sometimes referred to as SAD. Now, if you haven't heard of SAD before, this is seasonal affective disorder. And this is a disorder that impacts roughly two to 3% of Canadians, according to CMHA and 5% of Americans, so of people in the States. Now, if you are also living in a seasonal country and you have the effects of SAD there, seasonal affective disorder, then please drop a comment and let us know what percentage of people within your country suffer from SAD. Now, SAD is really what happens when you're very sensitive to the change in light. So there's daylight savings times around this time as well. The days are shorter, the nights are longer. And also because of the season, it's less sunny outside. So this has an impact on us. We feel a little bit more sad. We feel a little bit more blue and we don't quite know why. The reason why we're having this conversation now is sad. So the effects of seasonal affective disorder typically start in the fall and last for the duration of winter up until the spring. Now there's a smaller percentage of people where SAD actually impacts them in the springtime, but we're gonna be focused on this time around because this is when I myself am personally impacted by SAD. My doctor has given me a vitamin D supplement, which I take to help me ensure that like I'm not dealing with seasonal blues. And for everyone, it's, it's very different. I mean, the, the range of symptomology is very different, but I feel knowledge is power. So if you're feeling a little bit blue, if you're feeling de-energized, if you're experiencing a loss of enjoyment and activities that you typically like to partake in, if you're having trouble sleeping, if you're experiencing changes in your weight and changes in your appetite, if you're feeling sluggish where you typically are energized throughout the day, if you're having difficulty concentrating, and on the more extreme end of it, if you're experiencing feelings of hopelessness, anxiety, and guilt, or if you're, if you're also suffering from, in the, in the worst of cases, suicidal ideation, all of this might be attributed to SAD. So depending on the degree and the intensity of what it is that you're experiencing, then definitely seek the support of a medical professional. For me, my symptoms aren't so severe. I do experience a loss in energy just a little bit. I need to be mindful of the change in light because I'm very sensitive to 
light into the temperature change because it impacts my circadian cycle. And so while there isn't a hard and fast reason why SAD actually is a thing and why it manifests, there are some theories floating around. And these theories have to do with the impact of light, the shifts and changes in light and how that impacts our circadian cycle. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that's our biological clock. So all of us are running on an internal clock that typically is aligned with light. So when we make that change in that light, it creates a disruption internally for some of us that we experience. Um, for others of us, it still does create that disruption, though we might not have the symptoms that coincide with that disruption. Also, because of the change in light, this impacts your serotonin levels, this impacts your melatonin levels. And so the theories suggest that as a result of the impact to our circadian cycle, our serotonin and melatonin, that this might then contribute to someone experiencing seasonal affective disorder. Acronym for SAD. So if you have the seasonal blues, then definitely I wanted to be sure that you had the name for it if you had the symptoms but weren't quite sure what to reference it as. And again, if you're experiencing very severe symptoms, seek support of a medical professional. For me, it's been vitamin D, like fall and winter. I'm on vitamin D typically for both of those seasons. In recent years, I've not needed so much the support of vitamin D because I've recognized that if I'm mindful and if I'm intentional about the way that I transition into fall and winter, when I transition around the time where I feel the impact of light on my circadian cycles where I start to feel the exhaustion and feel my body sort of resist the change in temperature and the change in light before the actual daylight savings time takes place. I've incorporated some of what I'm going to suggest for you in order to cope with SAD or help mitigate the effects of SAD and it's really helped me get on top of it. So like when I feel like my energy levels are, are kind of dipping, I know what it is that I need to do to bring them up and to level myself out and keep steady throughout this transitionary period. And I think for the most of us, when we live in seasonal countries, we take for granted the disruption that the seasons might have on our physiology. And this is a call to action to be more mindful, especially in the case where we're entering into a period of time where there's less light and how we can help ourselves do the best we can with the disruption and make the most out of this period and, and keep our energy levels and our mood levels Hi, so that's essentially the premise of this video. That was a bit of a preamble. The reason why I wanted this video to take place, I mentioned in the previous video, fall is my absolute favorite season. But because again, I'm very sensitive to changes in light, changes in temperature, I've learned that I need to transition into fall. And as I transition into fall, I really have realized that the best ways that I've managed and modified my behavior around fall is in alignment to what my physiology needs to maintain my energy levels. So I have like spring summer energy during the fall and winter times. Without further ado, let me jump into my five ways to cope with SAD, cope with seasonal affective disorder. And these are my personal anecdotes, like how I myself personally manage through SAD and hopefully they work for you. I'd love to hear how they go for you or if you have your own ways that you combat SAD and help yourself through that transition, we'd love to hear from you down below. So let's jump into the tips. So my first tip is exercise. And while yes, I've mentioned I exercise exercise regularly, exercise and movement are a part of my absolute non-negotiables, but during the fall transition, I make a point to change up my routine and I change up my routine. It's less about strength training. It's more about energizing, creating energy through movement. So lots of cardio, lots of jumping, lots of just different movements that energize me and that get my heart rate 
up. So I'm trying to boost those endorphins as much as I can on a daily basis, especially when I feel the, the pull and the drain that comes with the change of light. It's funny because this is a gradual shift typically and we kind of notice accidentally, hey, it's getting dark, but I notice 30 minute transition. Like I notice it and I feel impacted by it. And by then I'm mindful as to my energy and how much my energy is shifting. And before my energy gets really low, like before it takes a dip, I make a change to my exercise routine and I find by incorporating way more cardio that it helps me really get those endorphins up and get my energy levels up. And this is important because for me, I prefer yoga and strength training. I'm not someone who takes a lot of enjoyment out of cardio. So if I'm jogging, I'm jogging because it's good for my body, not because I particularly enjoy it, but I know I absolutely need it. It's the chicken soup for the soul when I'm dealing with the transition into fall and winter time. So that's been super helpful for me. And again, like if you're thinking about exercise and how you switch it up, or even how you add exercise just to help you through this transitionary period, it's like the best natural way to keep your energy up and keep your mood up because <laughs> those endorphins, I mean, those endorphins are not a joke. As you shift and get used to the change of, of light and, and the shifts and disruptions to your circadian cycle. Now, <laughs> My second tip for dealing with the transition and coping with seasonal affective disorder is change up the routine. So I love routine as I've, I've, I've let you know, but what makes me a little bit different from the rest is I'm constantly modifying and changing my routines to be in alignment with whatever is top of mind. And for me, season is like a great way to realign and align my routine. It keeps my routine fresh because I'm guaranteed to change it at least every few months. So I typically will transition into a fall routine and this involves incorporating different activities that are in relation to fall, different activities that are in relation to me managing and mitigating against sad and this is really fun and I think now that we have much more flexible work part of what is really beneficial about making changes to your routine is maximizing daylight hours. Uh, there was a time where I was working where because of my commute I spent pretty much the majority of my commute in darkness. I worked in an office with like bright UV lights by the time I was done work, I was coming back out into darkness. So I really had very minimal sunlight, direct sunlight. I was just kind of in dark all day and all night. And that really was just not good for me. But I've taken advantage of during this like period where there's a lot of flexibility is where we have the daylight time. Be out and about, do your errand during the day and like do the work stuff, the slow stuff, the sedentary stuff in the night. So because there isn't that much daylight, I think if you're going to switch it up, switch it up and think of how much more can I maximize my exposure to sunlight during the day and shift and change things around so that the things that you know are a little bit more sedentary that don't really need me to be out and about I can do that during the evening time so that's a little tidbit here but I mean that doesn't need to be the driving factor for how you switch up your routine I just find that it's beneficial to make changes to your routine with the change of seasons and this is my second tip on also how to manage through sad seasonal affective disorder so my third tip coincides with my second tip and that is incorporate fall rights so incorporate fall so a lot of people like to bring in the new season and sometimes it's the holidays that we orient around when we think about the new season. And I think fall and Thanksgiving is such a great opportunity to reflect, to do an after action review, think about how you've done so far, like how you've managed through the first part of this year. And then think about like what things you need to hammer out for the second part of the year. And I think I'm gonna go more into this into my second video this week. But I think that it's really important that we have traditional rights 
place for every season. And a part of how I combat that is giving myself things to look forward to that are specific to fall. So if this means more hiking and it's more hiking, I typically will change it up. If this means more baking, it's more baking. It really doesn't matter what the ritual is, but having different rituals that coincide with the seasons that you're experiencing is helpful in helping you stay motivated and have something to look forward to as your body's dealing with these different disruptions that you're counteracting those disruptions with things that are mood boosters and energy lifters. Which brings me to my fourth tip. All of these tips are interconnected as you might have guessed. And the fourth tip is self-care. Self-care is super, super crucial, especially when you're physically going through disruptions. And I find self-soothing self-care is the best because sometimes we do different self-care things that are quick bursts of, you know, dopamine. But I'm thinking like, no, like something that's like more extended, something that takes more time, more leisure, so self-soothing self-care rituals so this is like long epsom salt baths like whatever self-care looks like for you when your body and your physiology is going through a hard time and i think this circadian like for me it, it really does put my body through a lot i'm going through everything that i can you know to do self-soothing like self-soothing is super critical for me at, at this point in time so that like my body knows that i'm aware i'm responsive i'm going to support my body through this transition however that translates and i I think that every single day it's going to be different and the more attuned you become to your body the more you recognize well what types of self-care are going to best support whatever it is that I'm experiencing on, on any given day and I think that when you recognize that self-care is the best way to support your body through disruptions when your body is going through disruptions like different self-soothing mechanisms and knowing what ways that you self-soothe like some of us know how to ask others for comfort but we're not necessarily well versed in how we derive comfort from ourselves and I think this is a great opportunity to delve into that mystery and figure out like how do you comfort yourself like what does your body enjoy when it needs to be soothed and cared for and pampered and fall for me is the season of pampering and this can be little things again and you don't need to go all out and be very indulgent like typically I think what your body needs for care is like fairly easy to do at home it's very DIY so I'm going to give a list of like some self-care stuff that we can do at home male female it is not a gendered list and you can start to incorporate some of these self-care tactics as your body deals through the disruptions with the change in season and the last one but not least of course is mindfulness and meditation building on my fourth point cultivating a finer attunement to your body's needs and recognizing that sometimes when it is that we have low energy when our moods are off and we're having issues sleeping it's because of our body's experience with it with the seasons and with the environment that it's in it's not necessarily always about what's going on in our head or what's going on emotionally we also have a physical self that has its own world right and it's interacting with its environment and sometimes we lose sight of the fact that our body can be its own beast sometimes and when we're disconnected from our body we don't recognize when hey this isn't a head thing this isn't something I need to talk out this isn't an emotional thing this is a physiology thing and when it's the physiology thing and we're more attuned with our bodies and we have a better sense of what types of activities that we need to do in order to soothe our bodies and to help our bodies regulate again and help our bodies push through the disruption and kind of find its steady state in this new normal and if you live in a season 
seasonal country, this disruption is happening at least three to four times a year. And it gives you a lot of practice in terms of what your body needs and how your body responds to the change in seasons and which of the responses are like positive responses. And it's like, hey, this is super easy and straightforward. Like I don't need to do much by way of supporting and self-soothing. Or if it's like a difficult, like your body is like struggling through the transition, then like what it is that you need to do to give your body a little bit of a boost. So I think we all need to just do a little bit better in becoming more attuned to our bodies, recognizing that our bodies have its own identity that we need to get used to and that we need to become better attuned with and responding to those needs, to our body's needs accordingly. And this also like involves, and I talked a little bit about baking, but even change in diet around change in season could be appropriate. I mean, different foods are harvested at different times. There's like seasonal foods, but some of us like to eat like the same thing all year round. Just food for thought, maybe it's time to switch up that diet as well. So there you have it. Those are my five different strategies that I incorporate to, to mitigate against SAD, seasonal affective disorder. And if you're someone you find that you've never called it anything, but you do experience around fall time, like a dip in energy, then I'm saying it's the disruption to your circadian cycle. These are different tips and quick wins that you could incorporate like straight away. But if you're experiencing like really severe symptoms, definitely I'm not going to knock. Seeking out the support of a medical professional. And for me, a vitamin D. If you're Canadian, I don't know how you go without it. I think pretty much the majority of Canadians are vitamin D deficient, uh, but don't quote me on that. I'll find a link and put it down below if I'm actually right or if this is just my own personal thought. But I wanted to give you some tips. I wanted to make this light and fun, but also educational for those of you who weren't aware of SAD and the impact that it has on Canadians. I mean, two to 3% doesn't seem like a lot, but if you compare it to the base of the population, it's not a little, it's still a significant amount of people. So all of that to say, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you learned something new. I hope that you incorporate one of the tips that we've discussed in this video and we'll see you in next week's video. We'll talk to you soon.